Hey there folks, Alex Lokes here, Classic Camera Revival, and welcome to a rare solo show. Now, this is the second solo show I've done this year, but we had an interview planned for uh, this uh, this episode slot. Unfortunately, that did not pan out, so hopefully we can get Dora Goodman and Goodman Cameras on for a later episode. So today I'm going to be talking about um, a recent project of mine, something that is a little bit different and kind of goes against what this show is all about. I'm talking about degassing and how to avoid separation anxiety. Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the Greater Toronto Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode. Don't think that I have something against camera collecting. I have the utmost respect for those people who have the cash and the space to be able to preserve some beautiful engineering in the form of their camera collections. But unfortunately, because I'm going to be a father and my wife and I do have limited space available, the space that I once had to keep a rather large camera collection stored is going away, and that means I'm going to have to start paring down my collection. This wouldn't be the first time that I've done this. The first time I did it was actually when my wife and I got married and moved into a new space, and again, faced the same idea. I didn't have as much room. And for someone who loves cameras and loves working with cameras and who does a lot of writing about cameras and films and developers, having a variety of equipment to use makes life a lot easier, but it also provides for inconsistencies within reviews because then you're starting to wonder, is what's happening here the film, the developer, or is it the camera and the lens? So I think it's about high time that I start thinking seriously about my own photography, how I use these cameras, and content I create not only for YouTube and Classic Camera Revival, but also my written work as well. So yeah, it, it probably is a good time to start paring down that collection. Now, at its height, I owned about 40 different cameras, often with six or seven different camera systems. And that's a lot. I mean, if it takes me a week to pack for vacation because I can't decide which cameras to bring, or heaven forbid, I want to bring all my cameras, which has happened before, I think it's time that I need to really sit down and think about my systems. So we're going to start there. My current camera systems include the Pentax K-mount, Olympus OM-mount, Minolta SR, and Minolta A-mount, along with both Nikon autofocus and manual focus. Not to mention medium format systems as well, Hasselblad 500C and Mamiya M645. That is a lot of equipment to keep straight and keep stored. That space is going away for me. It's time to really start thinking, like, which ones do I use most often? And thankfully, I keep a lot of notes, so I can actually track how many times I've used certain cameras. So that helps make my life a little bit easier from the empirical side of things. The idea that if you don't use a camera that often, what's the point in you keeping it? Sure, it might look pretty, do you really need that camera and those lenses taking up space? 
what ended up getting on the chopping block, first of all, was the Olympus OM system. The simple fact is I hadn't used them since the beginning of 2021, and rarely did I use them in 2020 when they first arrived. So that was easy, and thankfully I found a home with uh, John Meadows for the OM2N, which is fantastic because, most importantly, it's going to another camera user, someone I know will love and use the system. And secondly, I'm not sure who's going to get the OM1N, but the one thing that I do know is that they're going to be getting an entire kit of lenses with it. So it's a one and done, really, because I have the 28, the 35, a pair of 50s, and the 75 to 150, which are all incredible lenses. I would love to be able to sell them to someone who I know will love and use them or just wants to get into the Olympus OM system. This is an inexpensive way for them to do that. And I've always maintained that the OM system, especially the OM1 and 1N, is a fantastic camera that is good for a new student. And this gives them everything right away. Sure, the meter doesn't work, but there are plenty of options for that out there. Well, that was the easy one. Uh, the K1000 does have to stay. It did belong to my late grandfather. And I do hope to keep that within the Lauk's family. It does need to be a bit of service. But the nice thing is, is that I can send it off for service, pack it away with the lenses I've acquired for the camera, and it's ready to go for the next person who picks it up. Then, of course, there's the question of my medium format cameras. Now, thankfully, the Hasselblad and the M645 systems are relatively small, so I can actually keep those in place without too much difficulty. I might swap them out back and forth and, you know, store the Hasselblad and its lenses for a while and work with the M645 and then switch it up, which is always another option. But the big four, that being Nikon and Minolta, that is where my biggest problem comes from. Now, Minolta was easy. I only have one camera body each in the form of an XE7 and a Maxim 9 and uh, associated lenses with that. So again, it just makes sense to keep those because I love those cameras. I love working with them. And they're solid performers, especially when I'm shooting for lens and film reviews. They do a fantastic job there. My biggest problem came with my Nikon manual focus bodies. Now, I have three currently. The Nikon FM, which has been a stalwart mechanical camera for over the course of this year, working with my 52-roll project. And then I have the equally amazing Nikon FE and the legendary Nikon FA. And I'll admit, it was a hard choice to decide which one to go with. Now, as much as I like a solid mechanical camera that will just survive anything I throw at it, I've always been a little more drawn towards semi-automatic. That really leaves the Nikon FE and the Nikon FA, and the sad fact is, is that I really can't keep both as much as I would like to. So I ended up making the hard decision of getting rid of the FA for two specific reasons, and that would be A, I haven't touched the FA all year, and secondly, I have automatic autofocus cameras that can do everything and better that the FA did, especially when it comes to matrix metering and better. So thankfully, I also have the MD-15 with my FA, so it gives someone an amazing camera that's just ready to go and will run on AA batteries, and the FE will become my primary Nikon autofocus, and I know it can take the winter 
And the best part is the FM will, again, go to someone within the CCR family who I know will use it and love it, despite the fact that it's been beat to shit. And then, of course, I only have my pair of Nikon autofocus bodies. I got my Nikon F5 and my Nikon D750. And with a child on the way, having an autofocus camera, both film and digital, with good fast lenses, both in the autofocus and um, aperture range, definite must. But the real thing is, is that I needed to take a take a second look and realize that, yeah, my life is going to change. My photography is going to change as well. And any cameras I keep needs... And sure, I'm, I know for a fact that I will have flare-ups of gear acquisition syndrome. I really need to learn how to help these flare-ups. There is no cure, that is absolutely clear, and I'm sure that every so often a camera will find its way in to my collection, and I hope to very quickly turn around, use it, test it, love it, and then make sure it goes on to another person who will be equally loving. But the real question is, is, but the real trick is learning to be satisfied with what you have. We, we oftentimes have this idea of a collector's mentality where we want everything, we want all the variants and all the different colors, or we just want to have all black cameras, or we want every single Minolta XD under the sun. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If you are a collector, you are doing an amazing job in ensuring that this equipment at least is preserved for future generations and to maintain the historical record. But again, for those of us who prefer our cameras to be users, do we really need to be both a user and a collector? Is it a collector's item or is it a tool in your case? And can you be satisfied with what you have? Do you really need a black FE and a Chrome FE if both do the exact same thing? The idea is you need to start being satisfied with what you have and using what you have, more importantly. A camera, to me, in my opinion, is useless if it's just sitting on a shelf and not being used. So it's, it's, it's very important to double-check yourself. Are you buying this just because it's pretty and you want two of them? Or are you buying it because you actually plan on using it? Or because your Chrome FE has stopped working? Ultimately, what I want to do is keep my camera collection to a zero-sum game. As in, if a camera goes out because it's died, it's replaced with something either equal or slightly better. So, for example, if my Nikon F5 dies, there's a good chance that I will keep my ears out for a Nikon F6. And similarly, if my FE dies, I will either replace it with an FE2 or try to find an FM2N, which might not sound like an up uh, an upgrade, but it might be. The idea is I want to be able to replace these kits with these these camera bodies with ones that will do the exact same thing and use my exact same lens system. I don't really want to get into the idea of having 30 to 40 cameras again sitting around. I want to be able to sort of go, okay, we're going here, then I should bring this particular camera or that particular camera, depending on who I'm going with, what I'm doing, and how much space. And being able to have that compact Nikon FE and bring a 24 millimeter, a 50 millimeter, and my 105 
along and have an incredible travel kit and maybe have space for the MD-12 motor drive as well is the key. I want to be able to just grab a camera kit and go and not have to think about it over weeks and months before the actual trip. And I think once you get to that point where you're happy with your camera kit and your camera collection and your lens selection the way it is, that separation anxiety will just go away on its own. Because once you realize that you're happy with what you have, you'll use it more often and you'll get to know the cameras better and you'll become more familiar with what they result in. You can get consistent reproducible results. And that is really what you want as key within all your photography is to have that, that you know you can load up Tri-X in your Nikon FE and pull it in processing and shoot it with the 105 and get some incredible, incredible results out of it that you could be proud of and print and share and maybe even sell. Now, the one thing that I, I haven't actually mentioned is my large format camera, uh, my Crown Graphic. And you're probably thinking, well, you're probably going to get rid of that. And the answer is no, I do definitely want to keep keep a 4x5 in my kit. I got it at a fantastic price and have, again, built a good system out of it. And it does still have a place in my workflow. Now, I may pack it away and uh, keep it sort of in storage for a while and then bring it out when I have a bit more free time available to me to get out and uh, use it because large format does force you to slow down or you'll mess something up. And I think if I let it sit for a while, I don't think I'll really lose practice, but I think I will come to appreciate it more. And I think that's also the key to helping keep your gas under control and to reduce separation anxiety when you sell a particular camera. Because if you realize that you liked what that camera did and how it worked and how it felt in your hand and all those other important bits and pieces that goes into using a camera, then maybe you shouldn't have sold it in the first place. Maybe you should have taken another look and realized that maybe I should have gotten rid of this other camera just because it might have seemed better overall doesn't necessarily mean it was better for you. So if you're also looking at starting to reduce how many cameras you have, here are a couple of tips and tricks. Make sure that the cameras you are keeping are ones that you like to use. Don't look at the specs. Don't look at the optical quality. If you can get results out of them that you love and will share proudly no matter what, then it definitely should stay. If it's one that you've never liked to work with in the first place, maybe it's time for it to go. If if you really need like a tiebreaker, then definitely look at the numbers of time you've used a particular camera or lens in the past or format in the past and let it go from there. And most importantly, once the camera is left, make sure it goes to someone whom you know will not just put it on a shelf and let it sit and collect dust, but will actually get out there and use it. Because if you've loved it in the past and have used it in the past and just realized that you've not used it recently, then knowing that it's going to someone who will use it again will actually make you feel better about getting rid of it. And I think that's the biggest part about separation anxiety is that you want to be able to see a camera 
go to someone who will use it. My most recent case of separation anxiety was when I got rid of my Contax G2. Now this camera, very, very special to me in the sense that it came with me in 2015 to Europe and it was a fantastic performer, but of late I hadn't really been using it. And then when I picked it up for the first time after a while, I didn't even load film into it. I just picked it up and went, nah, I don't feel like using this one anymore. So I took it over to Burlington Camera and let it go for a very handsome price. And within a week, it was gone. It was off the shelf, which means that it went to someone who saw it and went, yes, I want that camera. And they were willing to pay that money for it. And I know that somewhere that camera is getting used and loved again, which just makes me feel like, wow, that just makes me feel good about what I did. And I don't miss that camera at all because, again, I know that a, I wasn't using it. B, I no longer had the desire to use it. But I made sure that it went to someone whom I trust will give it to, will sell it to someone who will love that camera again and see it continue to be used until it can no longer be used again. And that brings me to my final point. If a camera is broken and you really don't have room to keep it, then don't let it go Put it into e-waste, let it be recycled, or if it has usable parts, give it to someone who is practiced in repairing cameras. And I really need to think about that as well because I have a couple of shelf queens that I keep because they are important to the history of photography, but they don't really work anymore. So I need to really square that with myself still that I'm still struggling with. And when it comes to cameras that have come from family members, Never, ever, ever let those ones go. They might not always get used, but if they are in usable shape, you can feel a connection to them. I hope this episode has helped. I know it's a little bit different from what we've normally done. My name's Alex Lokes. Get out there, stay safe, make something cool happen.